You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Purple Daily. From 39 yards out. Anderson is good. He knows it. They know it. From 38 yards officially, Morton Anderson and the Atlanta Falcons ended. 30 to 27, and Atlanta goes to Miami. Don't turn off your radios. <laughs> what are we doing to people? <laughs> I know. What are we doing? I was to these debating people? over which one to play. This is but... going to be therapeutic. This hour of Purple Daily today on Score North <laughs> on fifteen hundred and ScoreNorth.com. I'm Rami Macklaw. Hell of a start, Rami. Judd Zolgad, Manny Hill, other side of the glass. And in addition to being on fifteen hundred and ScoreNorth.com, we're also streaming live at ScoreNorth.com, Twitter, Facebook, and Twitch. We made it easy for you to follow us on all those platforms at S K O R North. If you want to see mine and Judd's beautiful faces, and it's What If Week on uh, Purple Daily this week. And today, we're going to ask, what if the Vikings didn't lose the last five NFC championships that they've lost? And I did. I thought we'd go over like from 99 on, but then Manny said, we got to go all the way back to 1988, the 87-88 yes. season, when the Vikings made it to the NFC championship and lost to the Washington Redskins. So that is where we will begin. This what if... Week this what if this is going to be easily the, the most torturous one? No, then. it's therapy. It's therapy. We're going to put all our feelings out on the table, discuss what could have been, and then move on feeling better. Isn't that isn't that the goal here today? Uh, only if the what ifs had come true. <laughs> <laughs> but let's go for it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's go all the way back to 1988. Let's get in the wayback machine and go all the way back to 1988 and the NFC Championship game between the Vikings and the Redskins. Now, I was eight years old when that happened, so I can't say that I remember it. I was three. All that well, but I do know that that Super Bowl, I kind of remember that that Super Bowl was an absolute blowout. I think it was, was it 42 to 10 that game? 42 to 10. The the Broncos. Washington scored five touchdowns in the second quarter. Oof. Oof. Doug Williams. Yeah. That could have been. That could have been the Minnesota Vikings. That was a bad Broncos, not a bad Broncos team. They made it to the Super Bowl. But as Super Bowl teams go, that wasn't a great Denver Broncos team that the Washington Redskins went on to beat. So you got to think, had the Vikings pulled it off against those Redskins in the 1988 NFC Championship game, Judd, they'd have had a pretty good chance against that Broncos team. Yeah, and that was a Vikings team, too, that don't forget had uh, had gone into the in, in NFC wildcard round and beaten the Saints 44-10 to in New Orleans and then stunned San Francisco as uh, the Vikings were a five seed, the top seed 
49ers. They stunned them 36 to 24 at Candlestick Park. Now, here's the weird thing about that season that people forget. Because the, the obvious question is if the Vikings beat the Saints and Niners so handily, why were they the fifth seed? Because they were eight and seven during the course of the 87 season. And the answer, Rami, is the replacement games. The Vikings replacement team was awful. And they played three games and lost all three. So they lost uh, to Green Bay, to the Bears, and the Bucks in, in replacement games. I forgot that was the so season with replacement players. If you don't have replacement players, you're assuming that they win at least two, if not all three of those games, and then the seed is much different. And, in fact, you might have had home field for that game against the Redskins. So that's why the Vikings fell as far as a five seed. That was a very good Vikings team. Uh, and the what if is I do think that that is a team that very easily could have gone to the Super Bowl and beaten the the Broncos. I don't think that that's a stretch by any means. I don't recall if there were any key players hurt by that time. I don't think that there were. And so if that ball is caught by Darren Nelson, and now in Darren's defense, if you go back and watch that, that's not an easy catch. And Darryl Green had him at about the one-foot line, too. And there's people, but there's people to this day who claim he dropped the ball. He didn't drop the ball. That is a tough catch. Yeah. But nonetheless, <laughs> if we're going to go down the path of what if that is a Vikings team that uh, that certainly could have gone in and won the Super Bowl that, that year, which was played in San Diego at Jack Murphy Stadium. Mm-hmm. Who were some of, because again, I was eight years old. Anthony when this Carter. Who Anthony were some Carter, of the players on that Vikings team that took them to the NFC Championship? Carter game? was a stud, and, yeah. and in fact, in the playoffs that year, I believe it was was it the San Francisco game. He just had an outstanding game. Yeah, he was brilliant. He was unbelievable. And they, you remember too, Judd? I think they said that that was that might have been Bill Walsh's best Forty ers team in '87. The Vikings, as I recall, went into that game in San Francisco. And we're supposed to lose handily, I believe. Yep. But what? But uh, the problem was the record wasn't good, not because the Vikings weren't, weren't good, but because the Vikings did not take the replacement game seriously and mm-hmm. put together this terrible team. In fact, I went to the Green Bay game at the Metrodome where some balding guy named Tony Adams started a quarterback for the Vikings. And that Vikings replacement team was absolutely atrocious. And, and now... Fans are going to say, well, who cares? It was a replacement team. The issue was home field. Mm-hmm. And by not and by playing three games with atrocious players and then having the players come back, you essentially forfeited the right to home field because you didn't build up a replacement roster that was decent. Uh, Wade Wilson started seven. That was your quarterback? Seven games. Mm-hmm. Wade Wilson took this team to an NFC championship. Tommy Kramer started yep. five and didn't didn't Kramer did Kramer get hurt in the playoffs against in the, the Saints, Saints game, I think. Yeah, he, him and Wade Wilson kind of rotated, I think, if I'm not mistaken. My replacement quarterback, Tony Adams, number seven, completed in three games, gentlemen, fifty-five point one percent of his passes. And had a quarterback rating of 64.2. Wow. Wow. So, uh, Darren Nelson led that team in rushing 642 yards on on the ground. DJ Dozier had five touchdowns. So, I was going to check and see if if I could find your, uh, your passing statistics here. Because, as I recall, Anthony Carter was very, very good. But he did like 20 yards of catch or something. Yeah. He was a. 
big time deep threat. Yeah. Too. Yep. So yes, that Vikings team that could have been very a Super much Bowl so. The what if would have ended, I think, with the Super Bowl championship. Mm, that's got to hurt. Anthony yes. Carter had 38 catches for 922 yards that season. He averaged 24.3 yards a catch. Yep. Yep, in, in, that doesn't uh, even sound like a very good team. Games. That doesn't sound like a very good team that you guys are the talking Vikings, about. Ta- take away three, so take away three games, right? So they played thirteen games. Way, they as shouldn't that have counted team. the replacement games. They should have just started the season fresh once to strike. But that that was the mistake. The flaw was that they did count them right. and that you didn't put together. As I, if if memory serves correct, Manny, I believe Washington had a really good replacement team. There, there were some, there were some executives as replacement geared, teams go as replacement right. teams go, but that's what. But because that went into the standings, it became important. But I Washington, hate to break it to you, that was a yeah, that was a team that could have won Super Bowl. Washington went eleven and four that year, mm-hmm. so I would assume and and the replacement players were what weeks like two through four or something like that. It was, it was like weeks. Yeah, it was. I I looked it up this morning. I think it started in like week three or something. Yeah. Yep. And but they didn't shut down. And and I contend that is something now you could never do again because the <laughs> networks would tell you to go jump off a bridge. Can you imagine going to Fox and CBS and being like, okay, all right, here's the deal. Players are going out, but don't worry about it, guys. Don't worry because Joe Buck and Troy Aikman and Nancy and Romo, they can call some really good replacement games. We're going to take some players from the AAF yeah. and we're going we're gonna to put them on the field for you. <laughs> My guy, Reggie Have your Fowler, pick from man. AAF guys. You had, to, you had to bring up the AAF, didn't you? Why didn't have, somebody uh, tell me Jonathan Reggie Fowler was their lead investor? <laughs> I never would have gotten excited. Anyway, yes, the answer to your the answer to the what if there is success. The next what if, as we ask you, what if the Vikings had won the NFC Championship games that they've been in the last five NFC Championship games that they've been, and if you want to get in on the discussion, six five one six four six. 8255 or tweet us at score north. The next one is the highlight you heard Manny play to start the show the 1988-1999 NFC Championship game where the uh, Vikings fell to the Atlanta Falcons on a uh, Gary Anderson missed field goal and I, I I was just reading up on some of these NFC Championship games before we started the show today. Vikings came into that one heavy favorites, mm-hmm. 11 point favorites. Oh, they were superior. after going 15 yep. and 1 that season. It was a Foregone conclusion. And you were how old? The Vikings. Manny Hill? I was 14. It was my oh, freshman boy. year so of high you, school. You oh, and Mackie oh, both started crying. Tear shed? I threw something at the TV when Morton Anderson made that kick. Did I you cry though? What it was. I did not cry, okay, but I Mackie was cried. really, really upset. I was like, my my stomach just sank I, when Morton Anderson drilled that field goal. I'm not going to make any fans by saying this, but... Um, that year, for whatever reason, I don't, I don't know. I sort of adopted the Atlanta. Like I'm a Bears fan through and through, but that year I sort of adopted the Atlanta Falcons as like my secondary team. And I remember <laughs> walking around my living room table doing the Dirty Bird. <laughs> you know what this is, Manny? This is nothing more than Rami attempting to get on the most annoying bracket in Minnesota sports media for next year. I know. Yes. I see through you. No, yes. I, swear. I see through your BS. True story. True story. Doing circles around our living room coffee table, doing the Dirty Bird after uh, after that game went final on Gary Anderson's mix. I, I'm I, sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. So, so here's the one thing. Let's play this out, and let's say that the Vikings. I feel like this is the one that sticks with you guys the most. But, but I, I've got. Am I right? It was the. Oh, well, yeah. It was the first. It was the for me. 
Your it first, was the first true sports heart, it heartbreak? Was, it was the first heartbreak right. as a Vikings fan growing up right. that I experienced. And, Rami, that's a 15-1 and one team, Yeah, though. I know. Yeah. But, but, you know, the, the team that Record lost... setting offense, the, everything. The team that lost to the Saints in 09 was a really good team, and they had Favre, but they weren't 15-1. and one. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think that this is the demise of the 98 Vikings in the NFC Championship game. I don't think that this is a team that we just, oh man, they were fun and we left. They were 15 and 1, Rami. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, the Arizona Cardinals came here in the uh, second round of the playoffs, Vikings first playoff game, and were destroyed. Mm-hmm. And the difference, too, is go back uh, 12 years. The 87 team that lost in uh, January of 88 to Washington. That was the, statistically, if you go back and watch those games, if you do what you did just now, which is look at the statistics, that was the National Football League of the 80s. Right. So it wasn't really high-flying and sexy. Like, Montana was fun to watch with San Francisco. I totally get that. But the 88 Vikings really started this league towards, I think, where, where we are now. I think it went the Moss Vikings, mm-hmm. greatest show on turf was next, and that took the league in a different direction. And, and that's why they're aging now, but there are a lot of Vikings fans who you can draw a definite line and say they came aboard that year. The yeah. 87 team didn't have folks coming aboard saying, oh, Darren Nelson and Wade Wilson and Tommy Kramer. That 88 or 98 team, excuse me, it changed the dynamic of Vikings fans from an older group of, I always thought, World War II vets who sat in Met Stadium and drank their flask and and wore their snowmobile suits to the young fan who drank a ton of beer and embraced the whole Metrodome high-flying experience. And you remember, 98, when Moss came in as a rookie, Randy really, in some ways, kind of saved or brought back Oh, the no fan question. base, because before that, remember the years before that, Jeff, we were always having to worry about blackouts. The la- in fact, home games, the last the dome, the blackout. last, the last blacked out Vikings game, and I, I don't think games are blacked out now, but the last blacked out Vikings game in the franchise history, home game is the final game of the '97 season against at home against the Colts, and that yeah. was a playoff team. Yeah, so they they were going to the playoffs. And if you go back and look, I think there was a road game left. I think this was uh, game 15, not 16. Mm-hmm. But, Rami, this was a playoff team. They played a game in the Metrodome. Manny's right against the Colts. It got blacked out. Yep. Randy, it's probably too strong to say he saved the franchise. But, right. boy, did he provide a transfusion of purple blood that they absolutely had to in. have. Absolutely. Now, here's my question about that team. So let's play let's play the what if game, but let's take it through the Falcons game and do it with what happened. Mm-hmm. I went back and looked this up this morning, and this has always been brought up, and my question now is would it have sabotaged that team's chances in the Super Bowl against the Broncos? Johnny Randall sprained his knee pretty badly on the first series of that Falcons game. And I think he would have played in the Super Bowl, but he would he would have been on one leg. See, I thought he got hurt in the he talked about he in his football life thing. He talked about he got hurt in the Arizona game. He did, but then he got but then, but then he got he hurt. Play, he first he series play and they it got, got worse. worse. Okay, yes. gotcha. Okay. So so that's a Pro Bowl player, mm-hmm. Hall of Fame player. Yep. 
probably would have played against the Broncos, but he would have played hurt. Ed McDaniel, if I'm not mistaken, suffered an ACL tear in that game. I think so, yep. Linebacker, very good player. He would have been out. Dixon Edwards, also a starting linebacker, hurt his hamstring. Uh, they, they had a quarterback by the name of Corey Fuller who hurt his foot. Mm-hmm. So he would have been hobbled if he had played. And then they had a depth linebacker who I think played a bunch of special teams by the name of Bobby Houston who hurt his quad. Anyway, point being. They were banged up. Uh, Johnny Randall hurt. McDaniel hurt. Edwards hurt. How big of difference would that have made against the Broncos? Manny? Huge difference, right? I got, well, That's what I, yes. I got something from Mackie and Judd show, uh, I guess, a couple of years ago with Terrell Davis joining you guys. Terrell Davis, we're excited to have you on because you can actually help us settle like a 20-year debate in the Twin Cities. Are you ready? <laughs> I'm ready. If the 1998 15-1 Vikings had not blown that game against the Falcons, what happens against the Broncos in the Super Bowl? Uh, we have two Super Bowl rings still. <laughs> <laughs> you knew that was coming. You know, the only thing that would have been different is maybe we would have had to play a little harder. You know, we had to fight a little harder for that one. But uh, I think the outcome would have been the same, to be honest with you. And no. I, I probably agree with him. That was a really good Broncos team. Yeah. That was a really, really good Broncos team. That Broncos team, if I'm not mistaken, Judd, Started out in '98. Started out 13 and 0, I think. And it then they lost right. they, their yeah. first loss. They end up 14 and 2. I think their first loss was at the Giants on the road at the Giants. They end up 14 and 2, and you know the rest is history. But that was that was a great, great Broncos team. That was Terrell Davis running for 2,000 yards, MVP of the league. Offensive line was phenomenal mm-hmm. off the charts. Right? Elway Elway had one of the best. It was his yeah. final year in the NFL, and yep. he had one of the best seasons of his career. You guys oh. were talking about Randy Moss in the season that he had in 98. Oh. Is this is this true? Because this is amazing. Chad just tweeted this at Judd Zolgad and at Rami is tweeting. In 98, Randy Moss had a game in Dallas on Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Three catches, three touchdowns, 150-plus yards. Yep. That's insane. Look at that game and, and go go back and, and look at his game logs from 98 and look at the um, Green Bay game at Lambeau Field Monday night. Mm-hmm. Go back and look at his stats for that. So so pull up his game logs from 98 and look at that Packers game because that was the welcome to the National Football League game. Mm-hmm. The rest of the country caught on quickly. And, and in fact, the story is this. In the draft, in the 99 draft, Ron Wolf, if, if you look, took the three defensive backs with the Packers' first three picks, all six feet or taller, for one reason, yep, to try and stop Randy Moss. Yep. Hold but on, if you look at that I'm Packers pulling, game, I'm pulling it up right now. Hang it on. was the Packers games. Were he had six receptions, that. 153, or, or excuse me, no, eight receptions and 153 yards and a touchdown. That was uh that was the November game. Let me see the other game. Oh, you're looking for the you're looking for the first game, October, right? Five yeah. receptions, 190 yards, and two touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. The Packers' small defensive backs couldn't do much against him. And it was basically Randall Cunningham just throwing the ball just up. chucking it up. Yep. Those, those Vikings teams were a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. A lot of fun to watch. But they were so banged up by the end of that NFC Championship game that I don't – and that was a great, great Broncos team. It's, like that, that Broncos team in 87 was not a great team. That Broncos team in 98 was like an all-time great 
NFL team. Don't give me a specific answer to this question because we're only 40% of the way through the what if the Vikings hadn't lost all their NFC championship games. Was that 98 the one that stuck with you the most to this day as far as Vikings NFC championship losses? For me, yeah. Yeah, Judd? Yes. It is? Okay. Yes. I was going to say, if not, then I'm sure we'll get to it. It (laughs) it devastated this town. Yeah. I I think it's fair to say that sports-wise... Is that when the air was really taken out of the balloon of of Minnesota sports fans, and when this this you current, know what this current the, uh, the cur- state of Minnesota sports fans began ninety eight that's NFC championship loss? I'd say yes on the current sports fan. the The seventies Vikings fans watched not one, not two, not three, but four Super Bowl defeats. Mm-hmm. So that that fan had their balloon burst in a very different way. But Manny's generation. Manny's generation, well, and heck mine. I, I started following sports in this town in 78. I vaguely remember my parents watching the last Super Bowl that the Vikings played in against Oakland, which would have been January of 77. Mm-hmm. I vaguely recall it. I got into sports in 78. I could say beyond a shadow of a doubt. The 98 loss is the most devastating that was loss the, I've seen in this town. The end of your innocence, if you will, as a sports fan. Manny's more so than mine, for, yeah. but for me, it was confirmation of the hell to come. My And I, I will say this, too. My stepdad, of course, played for the Vikings for seven years, and he was on the first three Super Bowl teams. And the one that sticks with him the most is the Kansas City one. They all they they all sting. Like they, the, they were the, favored by yeah. thirteen. They were favored, big time. It was the AFL team against the National Football League team that they weren't mm-hmm. supposed to lose. It was the last and year that, before the merger. Although I will say, did he did he become more comfortable? Is not the right term. Did he gain more peace from that loss as the years passed, and you realized how good that Chiefs team was? Uh, that, that a point, little bit. That but, point spread was largely due to the the arrogance of the National Football League's just better. That Chiefs roster, if you go back and look, whoo, yeah, whoo. and they got some Hall of Famers on there with Len Dawson. And it, but I will say this, Oscar, my stepdad, to this day, if he saw any video of Hank Stram, it would still make him cringe. <laughs> it greatest. would still make him cringe. Yeah, we we should come back with that video or that sound of Hank Hank Stram of Hank on NFL. Why, why do you want to do this to people? You know what? It's so far. It's fifty years ago now. Get over that. You just heard him say his stepdad still isn't over and still cringes. Oh, it says he's, Oscar's probably not listening. <laughs> I'm guessing Oscar's probably not listening right now. He probably just thinks we're a bunch of blubbering morons. And I don't blame him for that. It's what if week on Purple Daily here on Score North on fifteen hundred and ScoreNorth.com. Today we're asking what if the Vikings had won any of their NFC Championship games, the last five that they've competed, and we've already talked about the eighty-seven, eighty-eight season, the ninety-eight, ninety-nine season. Next, we'll look at two thousand. 2001 and beyond. It's Purple Daily on Score North on 1500 scorenorth.com and back right after this. We're pinning our ears back. Scorenorth.com. Here's Collins back to throw. Time. Figured touchdown. Looking in the corner. He's got Camilla touchdown. Collins fakes again and spreads left and throws. Touchdown, Giants. Here's Collins. Up the middle, touchdown, I kill you. Collins lofting to Toomer. Touchdown, Giants. Gary Collins, where in the heck did this come from? 41 to nothing in the NFC Championship game.
Pat Summerall and John Madden on the call on Fox. This is Purple Daily on Score North on 1500scorenorth.com. Streaming live on Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, and at scorenorth.com. I'm Rami Makloff. There's Judd Zolgad, Manny Hill. On the other side of the glass, if you want to get in on the show, 651-646-8255. Or tweet us at Score North and Purple Daily. Just one of our many Vikings-themed shows. You can find them all wherever you search for podcasts. Just search Score North Vikings. Also, we're available. Our app is on uh, Apple and Android. And you can now listen to Score North on uh, Spotify. Or just say, Alexa, open Score North. If we're you everywhere. have an Alexa device. We're everywhere. There, you, wow. You can't get away from us. And it's What If Week on Purple Daily this week. And today we're exploring the possibility of what if the Vikings had won any of the last five NFC Championship games that they've played in. Those clips right there were from the 2001 NFC Championship game to uh, cap off the 2000-2001 season. And I like looking back at the betting lines going into these games just to see how close they played to what Vegas thought they would. The Vikings were a one-point favorite going into that Mm -hmm. game and ended up losing 41 to nothing to the New York Giants and could not stop Gary Collins for the life of him. Here's what I thought was really interesting. I'm sure a lot of people didn't find this interesting when they were putting money on this game back in 2001. The over-under for that game was 41 and a half. And it ended 41 nothing. New York Giants. I did not know that. Yep, I did not know that So either. that the... That game is famous for being the game that Moss got perturbed on the sideline because he had friends who were supposed to come down on the sideline and security said no, and he was very upset about that and supposedly melted down, which was not completely surprising. (laughs) That was also the game where there were accusations made afterwards that the uh, Giants were stealing signs from the Vikings. But I am going to recuse myself from this one because I can't even do it. It was (laughs) 41-0. Just say I, I can't do it. I don't even think you're to host a radio I don't, show, no, sir. No, I don't even think. When I think of Vikings appearances in my lifetime in NFC title games, this game doesn't even pop up in my head. It was so bad. <laughs> it was so one-sided. It was so bad. I can there. There was not. There was no there there. And and I remember being that team surprised me that they got that far. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember that Sunday sitting down to watch that NFC title game from New Jersey and thinking to myself, are the Vikings really in this game? And then, of course, it started, and as you just said, Rami, Kerry Collins picked them apart. But, my God, it was such a bad game, and it was over so quickly. Uh, I can only I can only hypothesize the what-if is if they had won somehow that they would have gotten smoked because I never really thought that that Vikings team was that great. I thought they were an okay team throughout the course of that year. Mm-hmm. But, Manny, there was never a time with that team where I thought, they're getting hot and they're really good. And my takeaway the day of the NFC title game was, they're really here. So, And that was that was the Ravens year. That was the Ray yeah. Lewis-led Ravens. They, they beat the Giants in the Super Bowl 34-7 to yeah. following that NFC championship game. Couple couple things that stand out from uh, what the game that Randy Moss called uh, forty one donut. Uh, the Vikings were down fourteen to nothing before they ran an offensive play. Wow! Uh, the Giants led thirty four to nothing at halftime. Ike Hilliard in the first half of that game had eight catches for one hundred forty six yards and two touchdowns in the first half of that game. 
And uh, look at Rami's face. That's an, an, another impressive. thing I remember is uh, <laughs> That's so bad it's impressive. Another thing I remember is uh, our guy Judd, uh, one uh, Christopher Reavers, was uh, in attendance for that game. How old was he? I think he was. I think Reavers might have been in college. Oh, so he was drunk. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he was. Uh, but yeah, that is uh, that was that was that was quite the afternoon. In in was in there the any? Lands. I mean, you might. I mean, they were only a, what did I say? A one point favorite. Mm-hmm. Was there any way you saw them getting blown out like that? No, I mean, obviously no, they didn't come into the game. No. Exp- you know, that Giants team was not that good, right? Mm-hmm. No, no, no. I'm. It was just. It was one of those games. The. 98, you sat down and said, man, this is a just a bona fide great team. Mm-hmm. Bona fide great team, excuse me. That was a game where you sat down and said, oh, wow, they're really here. Mm-hmm. Both teams. So, no, it did not surprise me one bit they lost. How they lost was shocking. Right. Because that was not a, uh, like that, I'm, I'm convinced that Giants team was one of the worst teams to ever go to a Super Bowl and lose one. Like it was just not like Kerry Collins was for that afternoon played out of played the game of his life. And, you know, and they had, you know, Tiki Barber and, and Amani Toomer and Ike Hilliard, you know, they were good players, but that was not a great Giants team by any stretch. Kerry Collins is your court, you know, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Kerry Collins. And that was the year too, remember Jim Fossil in like week ten or something like that. They had just lost to somebody really badly, and that's when he did the, you know, this team is going to the playoffs thing yeah. or whatever and post game and, you know, they went all the way to the Super Bowl. But that, this is the one, gentlemen, that I am 100% convinced the Vikings had no shot, would have had no shot in the Super Bowl. And would have gotten a Ravens team. Against that Ravens yeah. team. And they would have had no shot. And would have gotten beat by by Denny's former OC, Brian Billick. Brian Billick. Who was yeah. head coach. Oh, that's right. Which, yeah. which was hilarious that Billick was head coach, an offensive mind, was head coach of that Baltimore team, which is known only for one thing, their defense. Mm-hmm. Right. That was a Baltimore team, I think, that year went literally like a month without scoring an offensive touchdown. Did we properly, in the press, pan that game for being Dilfer v. Collins? I'm like that is a monumentally. I remember that being a storyline that awful. neither team really had the franchise quarterback. Yeah, well, and the the Ugh. the and the, the storyline with Dilfer was big because the game was played in Tampa. The Super Bowl was played in Tampa, and he had been with the Buccaneers sure. for so many years, and sure. that whole thing of him going back and winning a Super Bowl in Tampa. But that uh, was and, not a great quarterback. And that's the Super Bowl all. that defense wins championships. Guy will point to. Like as yeah. evidence of of his as evidence to the support one out his of fifty three, right. yeah. That, and yeah. TV will say, "God, was that awful for us?" <laughs> <laughs> Collins v. Dilfer tonight on Fox. <laughs> but that would have been that would have been a that would have been tough to watch the Vikings playing that Super Bowl against that Ravens. Are you guys team. feeling better? Getting this stuff off your chest, sort of working through yeah. it. I've been through it before. Is it therapeutic for I, you? I, you know what? Because that's what we're trying to do. We're not trying to rehash all this to you know cut cut open old wounds. We're, you know we're, what? The only the only revelation that I've had so far today that I've never thought about, but but I do think it's correct is the '87 team would have won it. So right now, I've never thought of that mm-hmm. before. But right they, now, but they probably would have. Let's take a tally. We've gone through three of the five NFC Championship games that the Vikings have lost. 
of those three, they would have had one Super Bowl, in mm-hmm. our opinion. The other two, they probably would have gone on and lost. We yep. all we all agree on the that. 90, right? The ninety eight team, I can't assure that they had a but, chance, but it would have been it would have been given the opponent and the circumstances that they faced, it would have been very difficult. We're right. trying to make you feel better on Purple Daily and What If Week, <laughs> and asking what if the Vikings had won any of the five NFC Championship the games way, that they lost. Yes, Judd? your your guy Ostadio. Oh, just tied up. The there we game. go. One one. Williams. Williams mania. Look at that. The helmet helmet comes flying off. He what? carries the bat halfway down the first today. base line. I want that. I want that T-shirt. April twenty sixth. Knox and Rosario at Target Field. It will be Williams Estadio Day, and hopefully it'll be weather suitable for human beings to go and watch. But regardless, okay, all right, you can go and get a T-shirt. I knew that was coming. And if it's too cold because <laughs> yeah. you don't have a roof, you can just Dave go St. Peter. I'd like t-shirt. to apologize, Rami. <laughs> <laughs> Subtweet him again. <laughs> we have two more NFC Championship games to work through with you and discover the possibilities of what if the Vikings had actually won them. You're listening to Purple Daily on Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com and back right after this. You're listening to Purple Daily on Score North. Um. Join Score North this Friday from noon to 6 as we broadcast live from Day Block Brewing Company on the corner of Washington and 11th Avenue South. Stop on by for great craft beer and delicious pizza as you head to any of the final four festivities. Hartley sends the Saints to the Super Bowl. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Vikings fans. <laughs> now we're really... Don't be, don't be oh, mad at me. are we picking at scabs now? I'm sorry. Old wounds being reopened by Manny this, Hill. This is just for a And then, by the I way, this you. was... Now, now this idea was out there, but just to make it clear to the listener, it was Manny Hill who emailed Rami and I this morning saying, <laughs> "We got to do this one, the yeah. what if one." The, so, but it's only because I wanted to talk Rami about it. Exonerates. Yeah, we're I, exonerated. No, I promise I, you, look, though. The only reason why I brought it up because I wanted to talk about '87. Because '87, I'm 100 percent convinced the Vikings would have won the Super Bowl that year. And I don't think this should be painful. This is therapeutic. You need to talk. Yeah. You need to talk through the traumatic experiences yes. in your life to truly get over them. You can't just bottle this stuff up and push it down your whole life. You become an angry person. You don't know the state. <laughs> the passive aggressive nature of this state it's all we do is bottle negative emotions Judd have a physical impact on the human body just go around the state you'll find out so you're right it's good to get this stuff off your chest you'll all right. feel better all, all right. the way around emotionally mentally physically you'll feel better at the end of Purple Daily today as we ask what if the Vikings had won any of the last five NFC championship games that they played. That highlight you just heard there, courtesy of Fox, was, of course, the 2009 NFC championship game in which the Vikings fell to the Saints 31-28, to the final there. And that, of course, was the infamous Brett Favre interception close to the end of regulation in that game. The Saints obviously capitalizing on it, driving down and getting the field goal to win the game. I thought this might be the one. I asked you about 98. I thought this might be the one that really stuck with you guys more than any of the other ones because it was such a magical year. You go and you get Brett Favre. You have this great season, both on the offensive and defensive side of the football, and then you go into that NFC Championship game feeling pretty good about yourselves, although the Saints were three-and-a-half-point favorites going into that one, but you're feeling pretty good about yourselves, and you had the gunslinger under center, which is the ultimate X factor at that time, and you're driving down the field. It looks like you're going down to win the game. At the very worst, you don't complete that drive, and you're going to overtime 
And then it all just turns on a dime with that interception, and it was over before you knew it. I believe the reason why I, and there might be some who disagree with me on this, the reason why the feeling about that game by that point was different than 98 was that group of fans was far more jaded Mm. by that time. So if you were, I mean, if you go back. So you were just waiting for things to go wrong at that point? Oh, I got a story for you off that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I love this story. Yeah, I was. Um, So... Well, two things. And now I'm going to indict myself, but what the hell. <laughs> two things. Uh, my birthday in November was held at, at an establishment. And Doogie and I were talking. And Doogie says, Favre, it's unbelievable. MVP. I mean, this is this is magical. This is going to be something magical. And now, don't forget, I'd covered Favre in Green Bay for two years, which at times in 2003 and four were magical and at times weren't. And it's November-ish, all right? So mm-hmm. we are we are in the midst of the season, but long before this game. And I looked at Doogie probably after a few drinks, and I said to him, Darren, he will break your heart. Just wait. He's going to break your heart. <laughs> and so we get to the Superdome, and to your point, Rami, the Vikings are driving down the field. And I'm covering the game with Chip Scoggins. And this is, I believe this is right before uh, Tahi becomes the 12th man in the huddle, and they get a penalty. And they're going down the field, and Chip looks at me, and he says, they're going Super Bowl. Oh, and I looked at Chip, and I Chip. said, and I looked at Chip, and I said, wait. Oh, jeez. Just wait. <laughs> Good God, man. You couldn't just keep that to yourself? <laughs> no, no, hell no. Even if you're thinking it, you couldn't just keep that one to yourself. That's a smart guy. Man. You ask Scoggins. I looked wow. at him and, and said, wait. So anyway... 12 men in the huddle, and then Favre throws that pick. And now, so we're now in January 24th, right? I think 2010? so, 2010? Yeah. Yep. All right. Doogie is sitting four rows above me, rows, but just stairs, above me in the press box in the Superdome. And Favre throws the pick. And I'm busy as hell. And I say to myself, I can't let this pass. So I run up the four stairs. It's four stairs. I grab him by the shoulders and I said, I told you he'd break your heart. And I so by that point, and I hate to say it, but Rami, the combination of Favre and Purple was lethal. Mm-hmm. It was a lethal injection. Think about Brett. Oh, I know. And think about the Vikings. Remember, I was on the other side no, of this thing while it was but, all happening. But, but put them together and you have a powder keg of disaster. Right. Like Brett Favre in purple is the perfect because it will take you down a path where you think to yourself, this is going to be incredible. And then Brett, because the reason why I told Doogie that in November and the reason and part of the reason why I told Chip just wait was not only a Vikings thing, but I covered the playoff game in the second round in 03 against Philadelphia. Packers go up 14 nothing. That's the fourth and 26 game. That's yep. what people remember, right? But if you guys recall, that's also the overtime where the Packers have the ball deep in their own territory and Brett comes under pressure and decides to throw what I can best call a punt. Mm-hmm. He basically to throws Brian it Dawkins. and Dawkins picks it off. Yep. And I said, my God, like the irresponsibility there was off the charts. So that's why I came to that conclusion. I'm sorry on all. All counts. Now, I feel badly. Had they won that game, did you have something to add real quick well, no, I, before I we just, move forward? I was just going to say, I remember watching that game still as kind of more of a fanboy at the time and being in, being with the thought that what Chip had, that 
far, and I think it was the he hit Chester Taylor on like a screen or something. It was or, You're right. and that went like fifteen or twenty yards. It crossed midfield, right? Yeah. yeah. And I thought, oh my god, they're going to do it. That's all I thought. I was like, oh my god, they're actually going to win this game and go to the Super Bowl. And then, and then actually, believe it or not, when far through the pick, I just kind of, I just kind of laughed. Like, yeah, okay, yeah, back to reality. I'll tell you right now, Packers fans ate that up. I can't. Oh yeah. I can't tell you how many times. Can we, you blame them? I can't tell you how many times <laughs> we played the call on on my station back in Milwaukee from from the flagship of the play by play guy losing his absolute mind over that Brett Favre interception. That was poor Paul Allen on KFAN, our competitor. Oh, this is not Detroit. <laughs> It's a legendary call. Dude, people would call people during Vikings Week would call our station and request that. Like we were a rock station who was taking your requests. They would call and request the call of Brett Favre throwing that interception in the NFC Championship game. Now, had he not thrown that interception and they go on to win the game. And they kick a field goal, let's say, yes. I think this is, as we go through this and try and figure out how many Super Bowls the Vikings might have had they won these NFC Championship games, this is another one that I think they could have had. The, the Saints went on to beat the Colts pretty easily in that game, 31-17 to in Super Bowl Forty Four. And I don't remember a lot about that Colts team, but I don't think it was... Their defense was, was a, very suspect, was it not, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, that was that was not a great Colts team. That was Jim Caldwell that was the year the, after Tony retired. That was the onside kick by Sean Payton at mm-hmm. halftime. Was the game... How close was the game at that point? I think the Colts were up like 10 to 6 at the because half, I think, or something like that. That changed the entire tenor of that game. And I remember that game, too. That that onside kick was big because I think it was something like in real time, the Colts didn't run an offensive play in, like in real time, not game time, but real time mm-hmm. for like over an hour. If you include like the end of the first wow. half and halftime, and then the Saints get recovering the onside kick and going down and scoring. The Colts went like like an hour and ten minutes or something without running an offensive play in real time. That's insane. I think yeah. the, I think now now Favre was mangled after that that game, and as we found out, it went on to become the whole Bounty Gate game and all that stuff. And um, so Favre definitely wouldn't have been healthy in that Colts game. He definitely would have played in oh, that yeah, Colts game. Played. I think the Vikings win that game. I really do I because that too. because. Peyton Manning would have been a pain in the butt to put up with and could have had a good game. But if you guys recall, that Vikings front four, Williams Wall, Jared Allen at right end, Ray Edwards at left end, who was not a bad player at that time. Uh, The linebacker core was okay. So, yeah, I I think if we're going back to the the, uh, what-if card right now, 87-2009, very, very plausible. That that you could say that they they would have won Super Bowls. They would have been pretty healthy on defense because remember remember Cedric Griffin got hurt. Cedric Griffin I think tore his ACL in overtime. Yes, that's right. No, I had forgotten, but, but you're right. He would have been healthy. You're right for the Super Bowl if Favre hadn't thrown the pick and Longwell had made made the field goal. Um, but yeah, this is the one. The reason why I've always kind of felt like the Vikings would have won the Super Bowl that year is that Jim Caldwell got. Massively outcoached by Sean Payton in that mm-hmm. Super Bowl. Massively outcoached, and Brad Childress, in some ways, had kind of outcoached Sean Payton in the NFC Championship game. If you just all the damn fumbles and then fire throwing the pick, that ended up you know kind of deciding the game. But the Vikings, 
in every other facet of the game that day outplayed the Saints. All right, we have one more NFC Championship what-if for the Minnesota Vikings on today's Purple Daily, and that was just two years ago in the NFC Championship game when they lost to the Philadelphia Eagles. 38-7 to was the final in that one, and two very good teams going at it. Coming into the game, the Eagles were 15-2 and on the season. Or excuse me, 15 and... No, yeah, 15-2 and on the season. Vikings were 14-3 and on the season. So two really, really good football teams. I don't know if you guys remember, but the Vikings were actually the favorite in that one. They were a three-point favorite. Royce Royce declared they were going to kick the Eagles' butts in Philadelphia. That is not how it played out. (laughs) 38-7, the final in that game. The Eagles, of course, would go on to win a very tight Super Bowl against Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. Your recollections, memories, thoughts from that one, gentlemen? Manny, you can go first on this one. Uh, I just remember in that NFC Championship game when the Vikings marched right down the field in the first drive of the game, and Keenum hit Kyle Rudolph on a kind of a fade route touchdown into the corner of the end zone. And you thought, here we and go. And I thought, it was 7 nothing Vikings, and I thought, here we go. It's 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 happening. This is going to happen. It was the Phil Mackey hashtag. It's, it's happening. <laughs> and uh, then, uh, was it Patrick Robinson? That got the pick six. Oh, and Keenum's arm got hit as he threw, but it was mm-hmm. a bad. It was an ill-advised pass. It was Chris yeah. Long, I think, and he that crossed was, it was Patrick Robinson. Uh, and, Patrick and, Robinson, yeah. First and he score. crossed the entire field and scored a touchdown to tie the game, and it was over and then, after that. And then Legarrette Blunt trucked Andrew Sandejo into the end zone to put the Eagles up fourteen to seven, and it was over. And Harrison Smith had, had a bad game too. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to say in the what if world though that the Vikings being the first team ever in the history of this league to play a home Super Bowl, lose that game based on the fact that Zimmer gets outcoached by Belichick. And my reason for saying that was the Vikings had a horseshoe up their butt to beat the Saints mm-hmm. in that first game. If you recall, the Saints came back in the second half. Drew Brees, Drew Brees yep. put on one of the great comeback performances on the road in NFL playoff history, which no one recalls because of the uh, pass to Diggs. And uh, and then with what we saw in the playoffs, I cannot say that Mike Zimmer could have beaten Belichick. And, and Peterson in that game for Philly coached a great game. Mm-hmm. So I say that's a loss. So I've got in in our world right now, through all of these, I've got the Vikings winning two Super Bowls. Which you'd take, I assume. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right? This franchise, hell yeah, you take that. Yeah. You, take you take one. Yeah. Okay, you, here's man. here's the ultimate what if, though. Forget the individual cases of each NFC championship game. If it played out the way that you guys are talking about now, where they, they win these NFC championship games, they so they have five NFC championships and two Super Bowl rings, how different a, a landscape and how different a fan base are we talking about here in Minnesota with the Vikings? Well, I think it's very, it's like very the different. Psyche, the mentality. Oh, I think it's completely. I think you. I think. Look at your Cubs. You get one, it changes everything. Mm-hmm. I think if you have one Super Bowl, the defeatist, here we go again. Something's going to go wrong. Feeling that I have is probably long gone. So I think the psyche, and and this is why I've always wanted to see the Vikings win a Super Bowl because I have no idea what would happen. <laughs> Two things. Vikings fans wouldn't know how to react. They don't know how to be well, happy no, about I would this want, I, It'd be like the Cubs. I don't know how I want to see it. That's great. Two things. I think if the Vikings win the Super Bowl in 87, 87, 88, Burnsy has a statue somewhere. 
And Packer fans to this day would still hate Brett Favre if he would have won a Super Bowl for the Minnesota Vikings. Oh, yeah. No, that, that bridge would still be burned. His number would Absolutely. not be retired. They would hate him. Okay, but would his number be retired in U.S. Bank Stadium? Oh, God, yeah, yes. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Would that not have been? For one, if, I one would, season with the Vikings, and he would have, I'm pretty sure he would have retired. Too. I would, would pay, not have come oh, back. no, he would not have. And he shouldn't have, and he didn't want to. I would pay <laughs> a lot of money to have that happen to see that. That whole dynamic would be so interesting. Brett Favre, Brett Favre as many Super Bowl titles in one year in Minnesota as he had in his career in Green Bay and the amount of animosity because he, you know what? He did everything he wanted but get a championship. Yeah, He beat the Packers twice, ticked the Packers off, did everything he wanted to put it back on Ted Thompson except for that one thing. You guys feel better? Was that therapeutic? Well, I feel great. That was was that fun. cathartic for you? Yeah. We talked through our issues. Got them out there. <laughs> I'll tell you later. I'm not sure yet. <laughs> well, you're sticking around for yes. the uh, Scoredor Twins show with myself and Derek Wetmore coming up next. If you missed any of this show or want to check out any of our Vikings programming, just search Score North Vikings wherever you download podcasts. For Judd, Manny, I'm Rami saying thanks for listening to Purple Daily. We'll talk to you next time. He's wild. He's sweet. He'll shred your couch on a whim, then come crawling back to you, purring happily at your feet. His behavior may be erratic, but he's still the world's best cat, who deserves nothing less than world's best cat litter. The number one natural and sustainable litter brand with no harmful chemicals or silica dust. Trade your clay today. Get world's best cat litter for the world's best cat. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.